stumbling, stumbling. Happy Sabbath. And that's not just a phrase. You can't come in here and not be happy. We, we already put the angel at the door. And so if you feel like you got to get up and leave, that might be the angel said, look, go back out and start over again. But I think we're all good in here, amen? amen. We thank the Lord for his message this morning. Uh, the several messages received this morning. We, uh, we received that murmuring and complaining is not a good idea. And trusting in God is what this thing is all about. And we learn how to control yourself. Stop bringing, you know, stop bringing all that to the table and let God handle it. Amen? Well, this morning, well, afternoon, what we're going to talk about, God said something that's called the ripple effect. And uh, I said, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? He said, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel. Because what we're going to learn today is that what we do affects everything else. What we do affects everything else. And we're going to look in the Bible and discover this is going to be kind of a story hour. We're going to be telling a lot of uh, accounts in the Bible about this person and this person and this person. So we can see that this is not just our foolishness or our ignorance, but it was also theirs. And we should learn from their uh, mistakes. Now let's go, we would, to 1 Samuel chapter 15. And, uh, this was, uh, oh, Samuel and Saul. We know who Samuel was. From a child, he was called of God to be a prophet, to be a priest, to be a, a, a voice of, of, of the Lord in Israel. And so we know Saul. Saul was the first king, right? And this was after they made that dumb request and said, we want a king. And he's all, oh, okay. And so God gave him a king that looked like a king. You know, he, he, looked, he looked kingly, but he was Saul. And Saul had some issues. And so we're going to pick this account up at 1 Samuel chapter 15. We'll begin at verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to appoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Now, that's one thing that you really kind of have to get in your head if you're the king of Israel. Listen to the head of Israel, who is God, right? Now, so, so the mouthpiece of God, Samuel, be, uh, be, uh, kept talking. He said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. See, when in, the, in the wilderness, Amalek, you know, he kind of hung back and, and tried to pick off the weak and the slow. God says, I, I remember that. Okay? So now it's time for the judgment uh, of, of that act. And verse 3 said, Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, uh, camel and ass. Now, is that everybody? Everything? Because God knew what he was doing. And that's something we got to come to grips with. We don't know what he's doing. He does. So when he gives the command, perform it. Is that true? And verse 4, and Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in, in uh, Telium, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. That's a pretty good army there. You got 200,000, you're going to be all right, aren't you? So Saul gathered because he was going to do what God asked him to do. Now Saul was the king, right? 
And he was, he was, and as a king, he was charged with being the example of the, to the people. That's what the position was. You had to be the example to the people. The example included loyalty to God and obedience to God, okay? Uh, and his position was one that could be used to influence the nation in going in the right direction, okay? So if the king was right, the nation had a shot. Oh, we, we, we experience that now, don't we? Because when the king is wrong, <laughs> the nation has a problem. But good leadership is important, and God knew that. And so God said, Saul, I need you to be obedient to me. I need you to do exactly what I tell you to do. Because when you do exactly what I tell you to do, the people will, will be more likely to do what I told them to do. So let's pick this account up. And we're down in, in uh, chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, and we'll pick it up at verse 7. Now, we know what happened to Saul. Saul went down there and had an idea. He had an idea. He didn't quite do what he was told to do. Now, in 1 first, uh, first, uh, Samuel 15, we'll pick it up at verse 7. And Saul smote the Amale Amalekites uh, from Havilah uh, until they cometh to Surah, that is, over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. It looks like he's doing the right thing, like he's obeying, right? Let's pick it up at verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. Was that what God told them to do? No. But they got an idea. And that idea cost Israel for hundreds of years. It was a ripple effect. Because they disobeyed, it cost. Now let's see what some of the price was. You know, you know sometimes we obey the version of God's commandments that we like. You know, the part of the, you know, he gives us this, uh, uh, this much a, uh, a command, and we say, we kind of like this part, so we're really going to do that part. Well, that's what they did, because they wanted the spoils of war. They were used to being at war, and the spoils of war is that you beat them, you take their stuff. But God said in this instance, and God would permit that from time to time, but in this instance, he said, I know who this is. I know what God this is. I need you to destroy everyone who is in this area because they all worship this strange God and they're all going to influence you if you don't take them out. But he didn't have to give them that information. All he had to tell them was take them out. Okay? Verse 13 of 1 Samuel 15. And Saul came to, I mean, Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto them, and look at, look at Saul with his arrogant self. You know, thinking, I'm king, I can do what I want to. I, 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 you know, God said do it, I did it the way I thought was best. And he said, came up to Samuel, and Samuel said, and, and Saul said, blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, no he didn't, okay? And so the mouthpiece of God, who was Samuel, kind of checked him. Because that night, God had told him, I really repent making Saul king. <laughs> Because Saul just won't do right. And so that this day when they met, 
Samuel kind of had an inkling about what happened. He knew God was disturbed, and so God had sent Samuel to Saul to tell him what the end would be. Now let's pick it up in verse 14. And Samuel said, Hmm, what meaneth this, this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? If you did what God said, all, there would be no sheep here. There would be no oxen here. So why the sheep and the oxen if you did what God said? Verse 15 says, And Saul said, Well, the first word he used was they. You ever see a spirit of, of Satan? When you get caught, the first thing you say is they. I mean, they say is they. It wasn't my fault. They. Now, he, 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 had, he just understood he disobeyed God. And Saul had disobeyed God a lot in his uh, tenure as king. So he kind of knew what would happen. But he didn't know it would happen this way. Because there is a limit to God. God says, uh, that's enough. I have warned you. I have taught you. I have been merciful. I have done this. But now your house is left to you desolate. That's called a ripple effect. When you continue to sin, when you continue, it affects you. And in Saul's case, it affects the nation. Now he said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we will utterly destroy. He said, where in that my command did I tell you to do that? See, we get in our own heads how to serve God. We get in our own head, oh, you know, we do do sacrifice. Let's get the best and sacrifice them to God. God said, I did not ask you to do that. Verse 16, then Samuel said unto, unto Saul, stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to the to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, you know, before you got the big head, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel, and the Lord sent thee on a journey, uh, he said, I'm sorry, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? He said, Remember when you wasn't nobody, and I put you here, and you, would, you were so happy you would obey me? But now you've gotten to a point where you don't. And that's a dangerous thing for the king of Israel to be disobedient to the head of Israel. Amen? And then he said, and Samuel went on and said, And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until what? Anias, until they be what? Consumed. Now we learned last night what consume is. Done, done. <laughs> no more. And so there shouldn't have been any more Malachites. But oh, because they didn't do that, they were a thorn in their side. The ripple effect. Disobedience. And, and he said, Wherefore, verse 19, Then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have, have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of, Am of the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He's just sitting there trying to justify the lie. He's trying to justify his disobedience. And when you do that, for, if you keep doing that to God, he said, that's enough. As we learned this morning, when we humble ourselves, like Aaron and Moses did, 
they said, yep, we were wrong. You know, <laughs> forgive us, Lord. But when we take the position, no, we are right. We did what you told us to do. Telling God to his face that he's alive. Let me show you what happens when you do that. Verse 21. But the people took, and Samuel, I mean, Saul keeps speaking. He said, I've done this. I did what was right. I went where you wanted me to go. But here we go again. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the chief of, of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgad. Now let me ask you a question. If the king said don't do it, would they have done it? Because the king would have slaughtered them. When the king speaks, you do it. So obviously the king didn't mind. You know. And he thought he had put himself in a slick position. Well, God, I did what I was supposed to do, but you know these folks. But you're the king of the folks. And if you would be obedient, the folks wouldn't have done it. Where did they get the idea to spoil and sacrifice for God? God nowhere in his command said, bring me an oblation. Make me a sacrifice. He didn't say any of that. But what happened? Somebody, was, I mean, because of uh, <coughs> Saul's ego and pride and selfishness, he decided he'd do it his way, thinking that, well, you know, we bring some good stuff, the Lord ain't going to be mad. Do we see us in this? Verse 22, and Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and in obeying the voice of the Lord? He said, I didn't ask you for that. Then he goes on to say this, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. How did we get here? Rebellion, whoa, whoa. The ripple effect. You went from pride, now you're in this open rebellion. And that open rebellion has an effect, not just on the current circumstance, but your future. And so he said, look, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as, as iniquity, and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Ripple effect. It didn't start that day. It started when he decided that they would let the, the Malachites live. That they would take of the sheep and the cattle. And then, just like when you drop a, 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 a stone in a pond, it's never where it ends. It's the ripple effect. It's, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And everything around it is affected. Guess what happened? The kingship had to change because of a decision that Saul made. Saul did what most people do. They do their own thing the way that they want to do them. But because he was king of Israel, it affected everybody. It allowed rebellion to flourish. That was the effect. Rebellion flourished in Israel because the king allowed it. The king was disobedient. So it wasn't just Saul that got punished. The whole nation was punished. And we know what happened to Saul. In battle, he died. And Israel lost the fight. Why? Disobedience. It was that one act. Sometimes we think that one act is it. 
But that one act affects everything. Everything. His sacrifice, I mean, his actions had a, a ripple effect on the nation. Let's go to 2 Samuel now. 2 Samuel. David, the king of the ripple effect. One thing about David, though, David didn't make excuses. Saul made excuses. Saul justified himself. David never justified himself. He said, man, I was wrong. I was wrong every time you tell me I was wrong, Lord. And God would send his seer. God would send his prophet. God would send his, his, his man. Say, David, man, you did this again. Oh, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. But because David was king of Israel, the ripple effect occurred. Let's pick it up at 2 Samuel chapter 11. And it came to, verse 2, I guess that would help, verse 2. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 2. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was what? Very beautiful to look upon. All right, here we go. Here's this stone about to be dropped in the pond. That one action. He looked upon her. What should have David have done? When he saw, he should have broke. Right? As, as Joseph did. Joseph had the same opportunity. Even, but Joseph was even more aggressive. See, David was a little distance. This woman was right on him. And Joseph said, nah, I ain't going out like that. No, no. I know what would happen. He knew he would, he would dishonor his God. Now let me tell you this. If Joseph would have, have had given in, who would have saved Egypt? This was a long time before the dream. This was a long time before the famine. Who would have saved Egypt? Who's, who's, who representative of God would have been there to help the king see the dream? Joseph dropped he, he said, nope, I'm not going to drop that stone in the pond. Because I don't, he didn't know he was going to do that. But he knew disobeying God was not the thing he wanted to do. And so God said, look, I'm working on saving Egypt through you, Joseph. But he didn't tell Joseph that. So stop trying to listen to ask God what he is doing with you. Just do what he asks you to do. I bet every Egyptian in there were happy that, jo that Joseph ran away from that woman. It cost him too, didn't it? It cost him his freedom. But it saved Egypt. So let's keep that in mind. So David had an opportunity not to drop the stone in the pond. But oh, David did not only drop the stone in the pond, he threw a brick in the pond. <laughs> and the waves started rolling. The effects started rolling. Let's see, let's keep reading. And verse 3 says, And David sent and inquired after the woman, another ripple. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, Bathsheba, I'm sorry, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Okay. Another opportunity. He could have backed up. He could say, Ah, yeah, she's from a good family, and, and she's married. Now remember, David's the king of Israel. David's not the, 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 the blacksmith on the corner. He's the king of Israel. The higher you are in the kingdom, the more responsible you are. 
for the effect. Amen? Now, and let's see what, what Obave did. Verse 4 said, And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him. And he did what? He lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned into her house. God says, Nope. This ain't going away. You did something that shamed my name. And guess what happened? She conceived. She conceived. And it started, I mean, and then from this one look, that one pebble, what do we have? We had deception. No, we had adultery, deception, murder. Why? The ripple effect. That one decision to look caused all these things to happen. Amen? Now let's, let's go to 2 Samuel 12. Let's keep reading. We're not, we, you know the story, so we're not going to read the whole thing. But let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 12 and pick it up at verse 7. Now Nathan was the voice of God. God says, go tell this boy this. <laughs> now you got to understand, he was the king of Israel and God loved him, but God is not going to let the king get away with things he wouldn't let the blacksmith get away with. Amen? And so verse 7 of 2 Samuel verse tw uh, chapter 12 and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Because Nathan gave him in a scenario that a rich man, you know, rich man could have anything. But he went to the poor man and got that poor man's sheep and he dressed it and, 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 and you know, and took it from him. And, 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 and David got so enraged, he said, Man, that man needs to pay that thing back seven, eight, ten, twenty. He needs to pay that back. He's wrong. And old Nathan said, Thou art the man. You took that man's one wife, and you could have any woman in the kingdom. And David had a lot of women in the kingdom. But this one loyal man, you took his prized possession, his wife. What kind of man are you? And that's what he told him. And, and he said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. He said, remember all those things I did for you, and I set you here, and you're going to do this? There's a ripple effect. Now let's keep reading. Verse 8. And I gave thee thy master's house, and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had, not, if that had been too little, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. He said, if that weren't enough... I I gave you everything. I gave you more. So why did you do this? Verse 9 says, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. He said, The way you did it was wrong. You should have been man enough and just shot him yourself. You should have just killed him yourself. But no, you tricked people. You, you got other people involved in, this, in this, this scheme of yours. And he said, put him on the front line. So if he dies, it's going to be like in battle. Act like God didn't know what he was doing. Verse 10 said, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. And that was true. <coughs> David couldn't build the temple. Because the sword couldn't leave his house. He was a murderer. God forgave him, didn't he? 
but the ripple effect. His whole family lineage was messed up because he did that. See, we got to understand those decisions that we make affect not only other people, it can affect other times, generational issues. Amen? He said, it should never depart from thine house because thou has despised me and has taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wife. Look, look at this. Ripple effect. God, when he, when he says, I'm a, this is how heinous this crime was. You can tell how heinous the crime it was by the judgment that was received. Let's see what the judgment was against David, okay? He said, I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this, oh Lord, this son. Who? Think about that. You took that man's wife at, in the dark. I'm going to do this in the, in the light. Everybody's going to see this because that's how heinous what you did was. Can you imagine, brothers? God says, I'm going to have the strangers take your wives and lie with them. And you're going to know it. Was that peep worth it? The ripple effect. Verse 13 says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. But how be it? Because of this deed that thou hast given great occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. See, when we call ourselves Christians and we make moves like this, we blaspheme the name of the Lord. And the, and the heathen says, who is your God? The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Ripple effect. Firstborn die. Do you see kind of what he's talking about now? The deed that you do affects everything around you. David's action had a ripple effect on the present and the future. His disobedience caused much pain and anguish to those who had nothing to do with his action. There's an old poem that says, no man is an island entire of himself. Every man is a piece of the continent. That means there's no vacuum that you're working in. You're connected to everything is connected to everything. That used to be a saying in the 70s. I had it on my wall when I was a little boy. Everything is everything. I didn't understand it until I got old. But everything is everything. Because everything is connected to everything. And as David found out, his actions were connected to his future. It was connected also to those people in Israel. It was connected, it's like Saul, it was connected to the Amalekites. If they had done what they were supposed to do, history would have been different. See, when we're baptized, you know, we take the name of the Lord publicly, then guess what happens? We become influencers for those who seek the truth of God. Everything we do affects other people and especially affects the mindsets concerning God and the way of God. So we out here talking about I'm, G, I'm, I'm son of God, I'm, you know, Jesus is my, is my Lord. I want y'all to understand you don't live in a vacuum. See, our actions will 
either help others or hurt others. But they're going to affect others. And if you call yourself Christian, if you call yourself a child of God, and you're out here wilding, and somebody's trying to seek the Lord, not necessarily, you ain't got to be out here wilding. You could be out here lying. You could be out here depressed. You, no, <laughs> you could be out here always in your feelings. But somebody's watching. They say, what is the Lord? What, you know, I, I want to hear about this God that you serve. I, and they see you all the time, lying, stealing, cheating. You know, out there, you know, uh, uh, hiding a Georgia pine. They see you at night. They see you in the daytime. They see you fornicating. They see you committing adultery. They see all these things, and you act like that. those acts of yours didn't affect them. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a day of reckoning coming. He's going to ask you about that. He's going to say, oh, you remember that, that, that right there? And he'll peel back history. And that one person that saw your error, it wasn't an accidental error, you know, sometimes, because we do make mistakes, you know, we don't know. But the one you thought about, David, the one you, you acted upon, David, he'll say, you see that person right there? He lost his soul because of that. Ripple effect. That's why we need forgiveness all the time. That's why we need grace. That's why we say, Lord, help us, because, Lord, how many people have we killed? And without the blood of the Lamb, it would still be on the record book. But I know one thing. David's sin was taken off the record book. Because David said, Lord, I have sinned. But it didn't help. We're going to keep reading. It didn't help the thousands who died because of his sin. What about us? Sometimes we have a deep effect on others. And you know who else knows that? The devil. So he turns up the heat on you. So you can make the mistake at the right time to hurt other people. You ever thought about that? Why is it so hard once I accepted Christ? Because the devil's turning it up so you can't affect someone else to accept it. This shouldn't be hitting too hard. 2 Samuel 24. Let's go talk about somebody way back then. Stop talking about us. 2 Samuel 24. See, it's the ripple effect. We got to realize that what we do affects other things, other people, other times. We are suffering personally from the acts of our grandparents. Generational ripple. <laughs> this country is, is suffering from a ripple effect of 400 years ago. countries is suffering from a, a night almost four years ago when they elected somebody. It's a ripple effect. So I want you to understand, stop murmuring and complaining about what's going on. Did you drop the stone in the pond? Lord, I don't know why my life is so hard. And he says, okay, let's re rerun the tape. Remember when I told you specifically not to do this and you did it? Fifteen times? That's why you're here. But the difference between the, the, the judgment of, 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 of Satan and the judgment of God, he says, that's why you're here. Come on, let's go back home. 
24th chapter of 2 Samuel. <laughs> Verse 2 says, For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now, now the Lord thy God add unto the people how many soever they be, and a hundredfold, and that the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing? He said, why are you trying to number Israel? You can't number Israel because Israel is a heart condition. He said, God adds to this, that you people you can't see. God uses people who doesn't look like Israel to help Israel. Why are you numbering? Why, is, this an, is, this a, is this a mindset? Is this an arrogant thing you want to say, I'm the king of all these people? And Joab said, look, man, why are you doing this? But verse 4 says, notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host. Everybody was saying, look, bro, this is not the move. But the king was set. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. And all of a sudden, David's heart smote him <laughs> after that he had numbered the people. See, David always had a heart to hear. He just sometimes closed his ears to do what he wanted to do. Sound familiar? And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. In, in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. He came to him. He said, man, I should have done this. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. But there's a ripple effect. Verse 11, for when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. <laughs> Ripple effect. David did this. Well, got to pay for this one, bro. He said, You're trying to limit me. Your, your ego is getting in the way. Stop numbering my people. And now i got to teach you a lesson. Verse 13. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thy land? And look at that. Whew. Wow, really? Seven years of famine in the land because I did this? Yep, you the king. Ripple effect. David didn't think much of it. You know, he, he recognized it. that was wrong, Lord. But God says, this is serious. Am I, let me ask you this. Seven years of famine? Or wilt thou flee uh, three months before thine enemies while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in the land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. And let me not fall into the hand of man. He said, whatever it is, I don't want to be dealing with people. I want to be dealing with God, because I know God is merciful. Oh, but let's see what happened. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even into the time appointed. And there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. Ripple effect. 
You see how important your actions are now? See, we must ask ourselves, what effect are we having on others? And, and, and we, are we helping or hindering people by our actions? What will be the result of our decisions on others? Let's say you come home from work in a bad mood, ripple effect. You come in the door, that spirit is on you. And you don't mind spreading that spirit with everybody at home. Now everybody in the house mad. Everybody was having a pretty good day. You come home with the demon, and you decide to spread that demon, and now the kids are affected. The husband or the wife is affected. And it's not just for that day. That one day might have changed the whole perspective of one of the people in your house ripple effect because of your action. Sometimes uh, uh, people will, will be at work and, and, and somebody will flirt with them. And you know, I don't know women. I don't know how y'all respond to stuff like that. I'm sure y'all get hit on all the time. Right? No. You must work with a bunch of women. And even these days, that don't matter. Huh? But but one day, you decide to accept the advance. You know, just, you know, oh, okay, thank you. Ripple effect. Now what happens? It keeps happening. You keep giving in. Next thing you know, you divorced. The kids have, have a broken home. You got fired because you're not supposed to have a relationship with somebody at work. But it all happened when you dropped that pebble in and said, I, I, yes. And you know the devil made you, f the devil made you and your, your spouse have an argument before you left the house that morning. And you weren't sharp enough to know that. We weren't sharp enough to know that. And so when they come and smile, because they've been smiling at you all the time, but you said, hey, please. But not that morning. And what happened? The ripple effect? You living in a one-bedroom apartment because you can't afford a house. The kids decide to go with the other spouse. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's what, everything you do affects everything else. Just remember that. And if it wasn't for God, we would destroy everything. But God sees you drop that pebble just like he saw David dropped that pebble, and it killed 70,000 people. But God says, God looked down and said, ho, ho, so does destroying angel. Stop. David, you get the point? <laughs> David got the point, didn't he? Will we get the point before we, de we destroy 70,000? See, Jesus, he was an influencer. I think that's a word today. If you're an influencer on YouTube or Instagram, you get paid for being an influencer because you influence the weak-minded. That's what it should be, influencer of the weak-minded. But Jesus was an influencer, okay? And, 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 uh, and what he did had a profound effect on other people in a positive way. So not only can, can you drop the, 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 uh, the bad stone in the pond, you can drop a good one too. That's what we're supposed to. We, we're supposed to drop good 
good uh, uh, stones in the pond, and that ripple effect will bring goodness and joy to all. And that's what Jesus did. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. Everybody he interacted with, it was a ripple effect. Do you know the conversation he had with Peter uh, before he was taken captive? Y'all remember that? He said, Peter, before the cock crow, you'll deny me thrice. Is that, that has an effect. You know why I know that? Because I just quoted it 2,000 years later. It was a positive effect. His word is still rippling and influencing and changing and giving hope to others. When I read that, when I hear that, I think, oh, yep, yeah, Lord, that's me. And then it checks me. People say, why y'all sing scripture song? It checks you. You about to do something weird and a song will pop up in your head because you'll remember music. I bet if I ask y'all what was the top hit in year 2000, you know what it was. <laughs> who, who was, I, I guess 2000, that's 20 years ago. Yeah, y'all were, were five and six. No, that's right. Sorry, sorry about that. How about 2010? Yeah. Um, I know me. If you, you said, what was the big hit on Marvin Gaye's 1970 album, What's Going On? It's there. But you know what is covering it up? Isaiah 41.10. When it tries to slide in, God said, fear thou not, for I am with you. And that's a song. And we, we, we sung uh, John 16.33, right? In the world you shall have tribulation. Be it. We sing that. That bumps Motown or, or whatever rap label, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll take it away. Thank God someone taught us that because it had a ripple effect. Every time I get on an airplane, the ripple effect I learned, what we learned that song 35, 40 years ago, thank God for that song because we hit that turbulence. <laughs> I'm not thinking what's going on. <laughs> It comes, fear thou not, I got you. Be not dismayed, I'm your God. I'll uphold you with my, so much so, a couple of years, this is 10, ooh, 20 years now. I used to, he said I would hold the uh, right hand of my righteousness. When I fly on a plane, I see his hand. So what I'm worried, I go back to sleep. <laughs> go play chess or something. <laughs> but see, Jesus had that kind of influence. He had a positive influence. So let's go to Luke and read about this positive influence, this positive ripple effect that he had upon the people he interacted with. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. Bear with us. We are right so far. Luke chapter 19, we'll begin at verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. So, of course, everybody hated him. Well, he wasn't a nice guy. But there was a ripple going on. Jesus had been doing so many things that the word got out about him. And the goodness of God and the power of God. And so Zacchaeus, being a publican and a rich man, said, hmm. And behold, uh, he said in verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was. He said, man, I've heard about this ripple is, is, is coming in my environment. Who is this man? And could not 
I say, Jesus, who he was, and, and could not for the press because he was a little dude, little stature. He couldn't get to Jesus. You know, you know, you know when you're a little kid, you try to get, and you, you can't because everybody's bigger than you, and you, you, know, you were taught not to push people out of the way. These little kids try to do that now. They try to put, excuse you. Man, you fired. <laughs> I got to drop kick you the next week. But, uh, but uh, uh, Zacchaeus was a small guy, and he couldn't, he couldn't get into the crowd. And, but he wanted to see because the ripple had hit him. He wanted to see. And he, verse 4, and he ran before and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. For he was, uh, he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Man, Zacchaeus, he was so happy he didn't know what to do. He was trying to see who this God, who is Jesus? Because these ripples have hit my house. It hit my mind. It hit my soul. I want to see who this man is. And so this man who doesn't, he didn't know, doesn't know me to look up and say, you, after, out of all these people, because he said it was a crowd, he, you know, he, they couldn't get, he couldn't get to the front. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, you come on here. I'm coming to your house. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Out of the countless billions of people, he said, he said, Steve, come, come, I'm coming to your house. And wouldn't that be, and that's what he did. He said, all the people in these mega churches, all the people who are out here in the streets, he said, Tony, I'm coming to your house today. That would kind of give you a personal relationship. Wouldn't you be happy with that? Especially if you've been looking for him. Now, if you're a devil, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but if you've been looking for him, he said, I'm coming to your house, Michael. And verse 6 says, and he made haste <laughs> and came down and received him how? Joyfully. And they saw it. You know, the haters, they saw it. And they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guests with a man that is a sinner. See, that was the ripple that Zacchaeus had heard about. That he wanted to come save a sinner that he came and cast out devils so people could, could, could do better. He heard this about this Jesus. And so he, he, and so he said, man, I'm happy that he's coming in my house because he, Zacchaeus, no, I, I am wrong. And Jesus was the, was the one who said, I'm coming to see you because you know what? I know you're a sinner, but I know you don't want to sin anymore. And he came to the house. But the people said, look at Jesus. He's always hanging around with the sinners. He's hanging around with them people like Brother Larry. He's always hanging around with them. You're going to have people like that in your life. When Christ keeps coming to your house, they're going to start questioning, what, what, what makes you so special? Anybody ever had that happen to you? Well, it will. Hang on. But let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. So the, the haters were hating. And, and, and um, verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Look at this ripple happening. Because Christ did what he did, Zacchaeus said, half of my goods. And he was a rich man. He said, I'm going to give to the poor. 
And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. See, he was a tax collector. You know he was stealing. Ain't nothing changed. <laughs> but he said, I'm going to restore that. You see what that ripple did? It, it, it started to do this. Zacchaeus had a stone that he dropped in. He said, boom, I, I, I'm going I'm to help the poor. Look what happened. He said, all the people I stole from, there's another stone I dropped. Good influence, a good effect on people. Amen? And, and Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house. Mm. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was Christ's mission. That was Christ's stone. He said, man, I'm going to save everybody who needs to be, because everybody's lost. I'm trying to save everybody. And this was, a, this was a Jew. This was a son of Abraham. And so he was really lost. But guess what? Salvation came to his house that day. And then when salvation touches you, what happens? You have your own stone that you drop in. And that great influence and that great effect has on other people. Christ, see, his kindness and his non-judgmental spirit caused a ripple effect. See, first, the first effect of Christ's ripple was he converted Zacchaeus. Amen? Then because of his conversion, the poor were helped. How many poor people were helped because he said, man, I give half my, half my goods to the poor. You see, that, that's, another, that's an effect. That was Zacchaeus' stone. And he said, the poor, uh, and he said, was helped, and he restored the funds to the people he stole. If, 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 if if the government gave back the money they stole from you, would you be happy? They tried to break you off a little change last month, didn't they? We were so happy. Ooh, $1,200. Ooh. Dropping a budget. It always, it's fascinating me that all of a sudden you just came up with enough money to do that. And you can't feed the poor. You can't help the veterans. You can't help the homeless. But you can all of a sudden come up with enough money to give people $1,200 for peace. 500 for dependents. Mercy. But you see what happened? This caused the individuals that received the funds, it, it caused their lives to change, and, 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 and so on and so on. The ripple effect. So not only is it uh, 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 the devil tries to get you to destroy people, but God can make your ripple effect be positive to other people. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be restored, aren't we? We've got to ask ourselves a question. What is your ripple today? What you out here doing? What are you out here sowing? Are you out here sowing joy and peace and happiness and hope? And, 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 and trying to bring people out of the doldrums. Are you raining on a parade? I, I love this sign that said, are you a drain or a fountain? Are you a drain? Are you draining the spirit out of somebody? Or are you a fountain of life? Let's go to jo Jonah chapter 1. Are we helping or hurting? Are we adding or subtracting in other people's lives? Are other people suffering from our own inconsistencies concerning the Lord? What stone are we dropping? 
We pray we drop in good stone. Dropping the stone of Christ, the stone of Zacchaeus. Yeah, these brothers and sisters, they were dropping stones, man, and the ripple effect was outstanding. Oh, Esther dropped a stone. She said, we're going to fast and pray. <laughs> and you know what? Because they fasted and prayed, Israel was saved. Y'all know, know the account, don't you? Now let's, let's look at an account about a stone dropper and the effect it had on the people around him. We're going to go to the book of Jonah. Oh, Jonah. Hang with us. We're almost done. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of uh, Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And he read that word again. But Jonah. Jonah got the instructions. He said, I want you to go and tell them folks I'm about to throw down. And he said, but Jonah rose up to flee uh, unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, Joppa, I'm sorry, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And, he, and so he paid the fare thereof and, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Stone drop. Disobedient, just like Saul. Stone drop. Not good. So God oftentimes makes the ripples uh, occur very quickly. So let's see what happened. Verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship unto the sea to lighten, lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What measure, what, sorry, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, that God will, th will think upon us that we will perish not. See, they had tried their God. Everybody on the ship had a God. You know, God or something, God or something, God. And, and obviously those gods were out to lunch because they were still in trouble. And they said, who is this sleeping dude? What, what, what is this? Why are you, man, get up. Call to your God. And guess what happened? <laughs> he said, verse 7, And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot <laughs> fell upon who? Jonah. They said, because it was an unusual circumstance. These were mariners. These were sea masters. And they, they'd been through storms before. But they said, something is real strange about this one. There must be some supernatural going on here. Because they called upon their gods, and their gods couldn't do anything about it. Now look at this fell on Jonah. Jonah, uh, God let Jonah be found out. Now, verse 8. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? A and of what people art thou? He said, Oh, amen. Who's your God, basically? Verse 9. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. 
Now these other, they, they've heard of this fellow. They didn't know Jonah, but they knew that God. And verse 10 said, Then were the men exceeding afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had what? Told them. Ripple effect. The decision to run away from God caused these ships, this ship to be destroyed and these people almost to die. See, Jonah made a decision he thought was personal, but that decision affected everybody. When God calls you to do a work and, and we go our selfish way, our, our disobedience has a ripple effect on other people. Our privilege is to obey God because we have no idea the things he's trying to do with us for the benefit of others. And you know, we know the rest of the story. Jonah, when he obeyed, there was a ripple effect. He came in and said, 40 days, the Lord's coming to destroy Nineveh. He obeyed. God used him to prick the heart of the king of Nineveh. And what, it, what happened? The first ripple. Hey, everybody, fast and pray. Not even, he said, not even a dog gets to eat. And they fasted and prayed, and the Lord heard them, and he turned from the judgment, didn't he? When we obey God in the direction he told us to go, in the things he told us to perform, those kind of things can happen through our obedience, but also through our disobedience. A ship can be broken. The goods can be thrown off. People's lives could be lost. You are connected. Your actions are not selfish, but your selfish actions can cause issues for people. You're connected, y'all. In your families, you're connected. What you do in a family affects the family, even though you think it's you doing it your own. Well, I, I do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. You're never your own thing. You didn't get here by yourself. And so what you do affects the family. What about the church? What you do affects the family. You out here got your remnant seed shirt on. Coming out the liquor store. <laughs> I know nobody done that. I know. That's why I used the example. I know that didn't happen like that. But what you do affects the family. Who you talk to affects the family. How you act affects the family. Are you hindering or are you, or are you, are you boosting? Are you encouraging or are you bringing down folks? Your actions affects other people. So are we going to be David? Are we going to be Saul? We're going to be the first half of Jonah. Or are we going to be Zacchaeus? Are we going to be Christ himself? Are we going to be a, a, a people who understand that there's a ripple effect in all of our actions and we're going to start considering others before we make the move. When we were growing up, my wife and I had this in common. We, we, uh, we really didn't talk about it after we started dating, but we both had the same mentality. There were some things we didn't do because we did not want to bring shame to the family. There were some things I was not going to do because there was no way I could call my father from jail. I just had to be there. No, can't you call the nope. Nope, nope, I'll stay here. 
because what I was going to get was going to be worse than what I got in prison. <laughs> but it hurt my heart, would hurt my heart to bring shame on the family name. Now, I know people think uh, that you got to have this great royal family or you got to, you know, you, no, you don't. You got a household, you got a family. And somebody in that family working hard to keep the family together. So everything you do affects the reputation of that family. You never do anything in isolation. Never. Are you helping the family or are you hurting the family? And you ought to say, thank God for the family I got. Because without that family, where would I be? But a lot of young people say, well, I'm going to do my own thing. There is no own thing. That's television. You'll express in your own way, but it ain't your own thing. You get out of here and every other week you're in trouble. You out here calling somebody, uh, can, can, I get, can, can you spot me $20? Because you, you, you spending your money somewhere else. Or you lost your job because you're doing your own thing. You know you can't do your own thing at work. You have to do their thing, right? I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, I ain't working today. You ain't working forever. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then what happens? That decision you made to act a fool at work affects other people. Not just the job. It affects the people in your life. That's why men can't just get up and just walk out. Do you know how many days I didn't feel like coming to work? But I had a wife and children? My decision, if I'm just going to lay in the bed. Well, the next week, the light bill's due. Today, breakfast is due. <laughs> you can't do that because what you do affects other people in your life. So understand that concept. Your decisions, before you, you act upon a decision, understand the ripple effect. We get all caught up in the moment, don't we? You know how it is when you're young. Sometimes when you're old, Morgan, you're not old. But <laughs> you know, we, well, ooh, I just want to do this for me. Okay. Consider the ripple. What is this going to do for others? And sometimes it's great. You can do something. It, 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 it's all right. It doesn't bother anybody. And go right ahead. But I'm going to run this red light because I'm tired. Ooh, I just want to get home. I'm going to run the red light. What's the ripple effect? Let's say you don't hit anybody, <laughs> but Johnny Law right behind you. Now, that could be a lot of ripples. If you're blessed, you go home <laughs> with a ticket. <laughs> but sometimes it starts, to, why? Because a selfish move caused you to get arrested, caused you to lose your job, caused you to lose your house, caused your family to be down at the welfare office. You see, that one decision and the ripple effect. We see that? That one mistake, adultery is, 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 is a perfect example. That one mistake destroys families. When you decide that I'm, I'm, I'm done with this marriage, I'm out. Okay, what's the ripple effect? Always think about things in that term. We have to think about that all the time in here. 
There is never a moment we can't have ripple effect mindset. Well, I want to do this. Well, Lord, I, you know, what you want me to do? Because I ain't smart enough to know what the ripple is going to go. He says, do this. And you know, God says, do something. And I'm like, okay. You know how we do? Like, okay. I know you know what you're doing. And your mind will tell you, oh, Lord, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, they're going to have a fit. God says, do it. He takes care of the fit. Don't worry about it. So in your life, understand you are a stone dropper. And everything you do affects people around you, in your families, in your business, in your homes, in your, in your witness for Christ. So don't forget that. When you get mad, think of the ripple effect. The seeds? Well, yeah, that is an analogy, yes. Understand something. What you do affects other people. Remember that. You never do anything on your own. If, if how can I put this? If you don't understand that you no, you cannot be that selfish. Well, I want to have a good time. What's the ripple effect? Even what's the chance of the ripple? You know? Because you might have that good time and nothing happens, you thought. But somebody was there with you having a good time. And then all of a sudden, you know, they remember, you know, they were talking about Jesus and God a little while ago, but man, they doing this. I was thinking about following God, but you know, they ain't no, them people are no different than the rest of them. It's important to know this and understand this in your families. Please remember that's in your family. Teach your children these things. Teach them that what they do affects the family. Amen? Parents, what you do affects the children. Generationally, the decisions you make today, no, the decisions that your great-grandparents made, you are living under now. Ripple effect. So what happens if we all do what God asks us to do? What will happen? What kind of ripples would that be? Wouldn't that be a great, a great little pond just going up and down, and everywhere it hits, it's wonderful? It's just uplifting people. Because if you ever see waves in a pond and they, they're going out, they lift. They lift. And we're supposed to be lifted. Are we drowning people or are we lifting people? So no man is an island, right? You don't live in a vacuum. Everything you would do affects the family. Everything that you do as a Christian affects the kingdom of God and the name of God. We learned last week that God says, you have blasphemed my name before the heathen. He said, but come on. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new mind. And I'm not going to do it because you deserve it. I'm going to do it for my name's sake. So as we as Christians, the reason the world's messed up today, Joshua, is because the Christians have blasphemed the name of the Lord. Do you know if, we would, if our ripples were bigger than the devil's ripples, the world would be a different place. So, we understand the concept? What you gonna do about it? 
Before you make the move, think about the ripple. Think about what it's going to do. And ask God for mercy. Because y'all don't want 70,000 to die, do you? No one wanted to die because of you. What you going to do, brothers? First of all, you're not going to step out on the porch in bathing season. Amen? See, David was not supposed to be there. It was the time of war. He should have been out there with the kings fighting, but he was at home. Sisters, I don't know what y'all do. I don't. But don't be where you're not supposed to be. You know, it's, when you don't have to fight a temptation, it sure is easier to get, to, get through it. So don't, you, don't put yourself in the middle of a temptation. If you're struggling with eating cupcakes, don't go to the bakery. That's right, no. You got it? Let's pray.